Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm Donald Ware. It is Takeaway Tuesday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Let's do some house cleaning. If you don't know, the HBCU National Players of the Week 3, as a matter of fact, will begin with North Carolina Central quarterback Davius Richard. And what a game he had in the 49-48 victory by the Eagles over Campbell. 21 of 35 for 265 yards. He had a touchdown, no interceptions. He also rushed for four touchdowns in the ballgame as the Eagles came back to defeat the Camels. Our uh, One of our other HBCU National Players of the Week, North Carolina A&T linebacker, B.J. Turner had 19 tackles in the victory over Norfolk State. He had two and a half tackles for loss and a crucial pass breakup as Norfolk State was driving down to try and tie the ball game with a two-point conversion, and he knocked the ball down, and A&T was able to run out the clock and get the victory. The third and final HBCU National Player of the Week, Isaiah Freeman, the quarterback for Lincoln. He compiled 431 yards of total offense, including passing for 278 yards and three touchdowns and rushing for well over 100 yards uh, and a touchdown in Lincoln's come from behind uh, victory, as a matter of fact, uh, for the Lions. So the Lions, uh, you know, with Isaiah Freeman, knew that uh, if you looked at at what he was able to do last year, it's a good... You know, he's a good quarterback, solid football player. And I think he's flourishing um, a little bit more. And uh, that was a big victory by the Lions over Winston-Salem State. Let's take a look at the HBCU coaches and media polls. And North Carolina Central regains its top spot in both polls. So in other words, the previous couple of weeks, the Eagles were number one in The coaches poll, Florida A&M had been number one in the media poll. Let's kind of break it down. In the coaches poll, uh, North Carolina Central receiving 18 of the 21st place votes. So it goes NCCU, FAMU at number two, who received the other two first place votes. Jackson State at number three, Hampton at number four, Grambling at number five. Six through 10 looks like this. Howard, Alabama A&M, Southern, Alcorn State, and Tennessee State. Now, turning over to the media poll, Florida A&M had 11 of the 22 first place votes, or uh, 21 first place votes, while North Carolina Central had nine, but the Eagles outpointed Florida A&M by two points, and uh, so thus uh, received the, um, uh, received uh, this week's Uh, number one team in the media poll. Benedict at number three received a first place vote followed by Jackson State at number four and Virginia State at number five. Six through 10 looks like this. Hampton, Virginia Union, Grambling, Tuskegee, and Miles rounding out the top 10. So let's look at some of the takeaways uh, from week five during the HBCU uh, football season. And I'm going to start uh, with this, 
Grambling looks like it's on a bit of a roll. And one of my other takeaways I'll talk about a little bit later on in the program. Defeated uh, Prairie View A&M 35-20 in that State Fair Classic. So in the last three games, quarterback Miles Crawley, seven touchdowns to zero interceptions. He's protecting the ball. That Grambling offense is really starting to come around to put up 35 points against a solid uh, floor, uh, uh, Prairie View A&M team is, is really doing something. And so you, we're seeing where Grambling is really starting to come around and starting to play well. And speaking of Grambling, it's not, well, Grambling is, is obviously uh, a team that's really coming around. But if you look at that SWAC Western Division, Southern starting to really starting to kind of find its stride with its victory uh, over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now two and zero in the conference. Alcorn State uh, with a nice victory, overtime victory over Prairie View A and M is now one and one in the conference. And when it looked like Prairie View A and M, Prairie View A and M is still right there uh, with a two and one record in the conference. So remember last year. The SWAC's Western Division was decided on the last game of the season, and Southern came away uh, victors and Western Division a champion. So uh, it looks like we're going to be down the road. I mean, listen, we're 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 not even really halfway through the season, okay? And we already have sort of that battle. I think right now, you know, I mean, uh, certainly Texas Southern is 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 on the outside uh, looking in. Um, and uh, as well as Arkansas Pine Bluff. But when you're talking about uh, Grambling, you're talking about Southern, and you're talking about Alcorn State, those are the teams that are going to decide the SWAC's Western Division. Um, another one of my takeaways um, is that uh, you have a lot of the teams starting to dwindle now, the undefeated teams starting to dwindle, Tuskegee, Losing to Alabama A&M in big fashion, as a matter of fact, 58-3, to now no longer amongst the unbeatens, as well as Allen. Allen uh, dropped its football game this past uh, Saturday as well, so it's no longer among the unbeatens. So with respect to the unbeatens, you have Benedict remaining, and you have Virginia State remain, uh, remaining as undefeated. Both are 5-0 and on the season, and both have more of, of the challenging game still ahead. Um, as a matter of fact, Benedict's got a, a matchup um, coming up uh, with, uh, with um, Fort Valley State. That should be an outstanding, uh, outstanding football game, uh, a nationally televised game. So very much look at it. And when I say nationally televised, I mean ESPN2 uh, nationally televised. Virginia State still has some of its toughest games ahead of him in Northern Division play, Virginia Union, uh, Bowie State uh, still ahead for Virginia State. So the undefeated teams are starting to dwindle um, in HBCU football. Um, Another one of my takeaways, North Carolina Central with that comeback victory over Campbell. Now, it looked bleak, bleak for North Carolina Central, especially when you look at Campbell. So Campbell's got a good football team. Um, a really good quarterback, one of the more elite quarterbacks in FCS, of course. Uh, so does so does North Carolina Central. Thus, Davis Richard, the HBCU National Player of the Week. But to be able to come back 
um, against Campbell. And I think what's interesting is you talk about the matchup last year, and uh, it was in Bowie's Creek, and uh, where Campbell, the home of Campbell, Bowie's Creek is like um, uh, not, it's maybe about 30 miles from Fayetteville, North Carolina. So to kind of give you perspective on where Bowie's Creek is, but it was all camels last year. Well, uh, even though the Eagles got down, that's a championship team. Remember, MEAC champs, HBCU national champs. It's it's a team that came back. It, it, you know, the Eagles at, at this time last year sort of, I mean, I'm not going to say trying to find their way, but they weren't the elite team that we know them to be now. It's an elite football team. Number one, obviously, in both polls, I think you could see uh, where the voters uh, said, hey, that's a big win uh, by North Carolina Central over Campbell. And this week, North Carolina Central uh, ascends to the top. And uh, not only that, okay, you look at because that's an MEAC, that's a MEAC win over a CAA opponent. But did you also know that the MEAC this year is 5-5 five and five against CAA opponents? 5-5. Five and five against CAA opponents. Now, this past weekend, and, and, and I'm going I'm to tell you what's interesting, and, and you know, even sort of as the, as, you know, as the play-by-play voice for North Carolina A&T football, like I, I realized the, the Aggies are in the, uh, in the CAA, obviously, but in, in this role uh, of what we do with Box to Row, you know, I had to go back and recount, like I was looking all, at all the wins that the MEAC had, and I missed you know, North Carolina Central's victory over uh, A&T and then A&T's victory over Norfolk State that counts, you know, obviously as CAA wins. I, I, I mean, I guess in some respects, I'm still having to get acclimated uh, to that as well. But uh, you, you talk about the MEAC and again, you know, I laughed uh, quite frankly uh, at the suggestion that there was a demise of the MEAC going back a couple of years ago when Florida A&M, when Bethune-Cookman, when North Carolina A&T left, and there was only six uh, football-playing institutions. But again, you got to remember, okay, you don't qualify automatically for the NC, for the uh, FCS playoffs, but that doesn't matter because the MEAC foregoes the Fs and has, for since 2015, has foregone, if you will, the automatic birth to the FCS playoffs to in fact participate in the celebration bowl. And so six, uh, six schools, eight overall doesn't really matter, but the football is still good. Again, five and five against the best. You could say what you want. Okay. The record is five and five against some of the best um, competition in FCS in terms of the CAA being considered the best, maybe the best conference uh, in FCS. Another one of my takeaways, teams that kind of started out slow are starting to kind of come around. You know, Quinn Gray is in his first season as the head football coach at Albany State. Guess what? Albany State started the season off 0-2, now 3-2 on the season, 3-0 in SIAC play. Langston started the season off 0-2. 0-2, oh, now 2-2 two two on the season. The aforementioned Grambling started the season out 0-2, oh, now 3-2 on the season, 2-0 in conference play. Fort Valley State, first loss of the se- or first game of the season, a loss to Tuskegee, now has won four straight, including 
four conference games and the, the defending CIAA champion Fayetteville State Broncos started the season out 0-2. Tough losses. I mean, you talk about a tough loss uh, to Pembroke, okay, on uh, on a on a in, on a late field goal, and and Fayetteville State is used to sort of these field goal games. More recently, you go back to the CIAA championship game last year, beating Shawan, beat Virginia Union. Uh, going back to last week um, on that field goal with six seconds remaining to eke out that victory. So um, you're looking at Fayetteville State on a little bit of a roll. Still plenty of football left to be played by Fayetteville State. I mean, I like where Johnson C. Smith sits in that Southern Division uh, right now. Johnson C. Smith's playing um, some good football as well uh, right now and receiving votes in the HBCU media poll. So those are some of my takeaways uh, from week five of HBCU football. Let me know some of your takeaways. What did you think about week five in HBCU football? I thought we also had some great finishes. That's another takeaway. I mean, we had some close games, some great finishes, some game-winning field goals. I mean, coming to, again, uh, not a field goal, but the the, the the win by the Eagles over Campbell uh, was in overtime. You look at Prairie View A&M's uh, or Alcorn State's victory over Prairie View A&M. That was in overtime. She had a lot of close games also in week five of HBCU football. But I want to know your thoughts on some of your takeaways from week five in HBCU football as we approach the midway point in the HBCU season. Tell a couple of friends about the HBCU football daily podcast. You can always watch on the Box to Row YouTube channel. As a matter of fact, let me plug for a moment the Box to Row YouTube channel because not only... Uh, is it is the HBCU Football Daily Podcast there, but you've got great content, great uh, conversations uh, with some of your favorite uh, sports and entertainment celebrities. So again, that's on the, the Box to Row YouTube channel, and you can listen to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia.com. We transition to week six on tomorrow's edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. It will talk with you then.